The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear a brilliant marketer talk through the strategy, framework, and tactics used to elevate their brands to new heights. Ready to hear untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where we tell the untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. And today we're going to hear about how Zynga is changing up the ad world. You've heard a lot about Netflix. You've heard a lot about advertising channels. But have you heard about these in-game apps? They're everywhere. Join us is Gabriel Heyman, who is the global head of brand partnerships at Zynga. Okay, I have a whole long thing I'm supposed to read here about Zynga, but they own like everything. If you've ever played a game on your phone, you've probably seen a Zynga. They have CSR Racing, Dragon Cities, Empires and Puzzles, Farmville, Golf Rival, Hair Challenge, Harry Potter, Puzzles and Spells, High Heels, like basically I have kids and they're playing these games all the time. They're in 175 countries and regions. They even have the ability to optimize programmatic advertising that yields at scale with Chartboost, a leading mobile advertising and monetization platform. Founded in 2007, Zynga headquartered in California with locations in North America, Europe, and Asia. Okay, Zynga ruined the world on in-game mobile apps You've got some crazy technology on the advertising side, which obviously I'm psyched about. Okay, so yesterday, Gabrielle talked a lot about how Zynga is really transforming the online mobile gaming advertising space. And we talked a little bit about the gaming stereotype. We also talked a little bit about what Maybelline has done in that space in terms of gamification. thought that was cool. But today we want to continue that conversation. How are maybe media buyers missing the boat on potential mobile app gaming advertising opportunities? And what other brands are doing things successfully in this space? So here we go. Here's my conversation with Gabrielle Heyman, the global head of partnerships at Zynga. All right. We're a little warmed up now. We're, we're ready for episode two. All right. I think we should start with how are... I mean, you've kind of made a fan of me like very quickly as former media person, like, man, how potentially am I missing the boat in in-game app advertising? I'm always looking for an edge in terms of that next trend. Like I was big on Instagram and Facebook early. I was big on the influencer space early. At least I thought I was. I thought there was a lot of value in like pre-roll when pre-roll first came out. Like where's the value right now for media buyers and where are potentially mobile app gaming units not getting, I think they're maybe their fair percentage share of a buy. Yeah, so that's a great question, and it's video. Video, video, video. So... What do you mean by video? Like, in-game? So I'm, I'm playing, like, when a Zynga... Like, give me a top title of Zynga game, like, I'd be playing. So we have multiple games. There's two types of in-game video. One is, like, a mid-roll, which it's called interstitial, but I don't like that name for numerous reasons. I don't um, like that name either. No, because it has this... <laughs> 
It has this connotation of a pop-up, which it is not. It is like a commercial break. So you're playing Words of Friends. You and I are playing. You figure out your word. You hit submit. And then you see an ad, you know, and then when the ad finishes, you're back in your game. And then another title, let's say. And that you, ad would be a video that, that comes Yeah, up, your client's video. Up. Exactly. And then like another. And, and how long is that? A 15 second? It can be from six seconds to 15 seconds to. Well, we can talk about best practices next, but like. Okay. A, so there's this mid-roll type of video called interstitial video. And then there's also rewarded video. And rewarded video is where you actually get something in the game for watching the video. And that's sort of like the one of the best units that gamers love because you're playing a game, you don't want to spend money, you've kind of reached the end for one way or another, you've run out of gas, you run out of chips, you run out of whatever that game is about, and then you get an opportunity to see an ad to get more coin and to be able to continue playing. And so those, you can actually run 30 spots, 30 seconds. There's a lot of advantages to mobile video. One of the big differences is when you're watching TV, besides the fact that like I DVR everything and so I'm just seeing your brand on a fast forward, right? Yeah, yeah. There's multiple commercials in a pod, right? Like how many commercials? I don't know, four, five, six, whatever it is. Depending on what, yeah. In gaming, there's one. You're seeing one ad at a time. So it's really putting you front and center. A lot of our clients do things like first impression takeovers, which is the first ad a person sees in the day. And those are really great for making big announcements like this movie's in theaters right now. You know, this kind of circular, this discount is available in store now. What percentage of people are paying for the game versus trading off? We talked about this a little bit yesterday, like trading off the value of ads to play the game for free. The majority, 90% of people are, are not paying in games. And what's so interesting is that it is like a multi, multi multi-billion dollar revenue industry from just this sub-segment of like 10% of people that are paying two bucks to get whatever they're getting in in the game. And, you know, the rest of them are grinding it out. That's kind of how we call it. And they're like seeing ads. And there's this really, just like for generations, people have been watching TV and seeing ads. And like, there's a, you know, there's some things like, listen, I pay for Hulu without ads, but I have YouTube TV and there's, I DVR most of the things and I'm skipping through most of the ads. You can't really skip through ads in our environment. And I think part of it is there's just one at a time. There's just one at a time. And so we, the best practice you were saying, how long can the ads be? And, you know, really the best practice in a gaming environment is to not have it be more than 15 seconds, especially for that mid-roll interstitial type of unit, because your experience is a shorter entertainment experience. Do you know what I mean? So if you're playing for like five minutes, three minutes, whatever it is, a 15 second is sort of like a fair a fair time time zone. What, what do you think through. the best category is for mobile casual gamer, gamers? Like the best Off advertiser? Best categories. Yeah. We're like top five categories, you think? Yeah. Well, we're endemic to entertainment. So we, for many years, have been getting a significant amount of entertainment, broadcast, streamers, home and theatrical. Insurance has been really, really strong with us. So we have quite a few like auto, home insurance, Um, you know, the big guys you would think of the Geico, State Farms, Progressives of the World. Telco tech, like Apple, obviously that's endemic. You're playing games on a phone, um, AT&T. And, you know, the other, we had talked about it in yesterday's podcast, but video 
is everyone has video creative, so it is a pretty seamless way to get into mobile. But the playables we were talking about, what that is is a two-way engagement. So instead of watching, you're doing and you're, it's, a, it's a two-way thing. So like, for example, we created a holiday campaign for AT&T where they were trying to promote like five you know, you can get a family of five on a deal. And so like you had to kind of go through this like obstacle course where like you're getting the phone deal for Sally or getting the phone deal for Bobby or get, you know, and so it really like communicates what they're trying to do. We ran a great playable that I love for Wonderful Pistachio when they released their product that you don't have to take out the shell. So we all love pistachios, but they're kind of a pain in the butt to eat, right? Because you have to spend all this time taking them out of the shell. So they launched a product, shellless pistachios. I've purchased it because I always purchase my clients' um, brands when they are my partner. I also am their partner and I love my little shellless pistachios. And so we created this really fun game where you're like, click, 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 breaking off the shells to showcase that like this is a shellless product. So I mean, we've done, and we've also done shoppable playables, which is taking it a step further down the funnel in terms of a conversion. Like for example, last holiday season for Hasbro, you have children. We ran some campaigns targeted to parents because we didn't want non-parents to see the ads or they wouldn't make sense. So we targeted them to parents and it was like a questionnaire, like how old's your kid? What type of a kid are they? And then we suggested the type of Nerf gun you should buy. Like my kids, I have two boys, they're freaking bananas. They love Nerf. They're like the advanced Nerf gun consumer. So like I answered it and like it gave me like the total like crazy Nerf gun with like 120 like, you know, Nerf things in it and so yeah, so we do we do it all. Okay, so Gabrielle, okay, we again a lot of markers on the show. Let, we're gonna take out Zynga hat for just a minute. Okay. Now Zynga could be included in this. I'm gonna I'm gonna propose a hypothetical. <laughs> let's, let's try this out. Okay, you're a CPG brand, you have $10 million to spend. It's a US play. Uh you're you're in a bunch of retailers. Your demographics, women 25 to 35, 34, 25, 34. Where are you spending that money? And, and you're looking at digital, you're looking at Instagram, you're looking at influencers, you're looking at in-game, you're looking at Twitch. I don't know, you're looking at Netflix. Like where, like your CMO for this CPG brand, where are you putting the money? Well, first I would definitely put it in endemic platforms, right? Like the DoorDashes, the Kroger Shopper Marketing, like all of those must buy. So every brand has a segment of must buy, right? Like if you're auto, it might be Edmonds. You know, if you're movies, it might be Fandango. So I would cover off on the must-buy endemic category. And then I would... Now, social is an interesting component, of course, right? Like the Facebooks, Instagrams of the world. As a consumer, I find that I purchase a lot of products that I don't see ads for on those channels. So I think that those channels have gotten super narrow and kind of like a echo chamber of like not finding all audiences because they're so narrow. So I could not agree with you more. The lookalikes are really narrow. They're, they're getting certainly impressions high and there's some conversion metrics that make people feel good. But it, I, I agree with you. It's getting super narrow and very competitive. They want to make money. Like, for example, my Instagram, like I've made a lot of purchases, honestly, for jewelry, fashion and skincare. So my Instagram, that's all the only ad they want to show me because I convert. But yet I am someone who purchased a car not that long ago. You know, I go to Target 
all the time to buy stuff and I'm not seeing ads for those things. So to me, I might want to step away from that. And then I would, of course, know that my audience is playing mobile games. And so what I would probably do is contextually target those apps that had the best index for those ages. And then what I would probably do is do an added twist within that environment, which is realize that these are mobile savvy people and like kind of really make sure that my call to action was something that could be activated in a mobile environment. So like, you know, if it's, uh, if I'm a CPG and I'm selling in Target, like making sure that that opens up the Target cartwheel app so that she can just buy her stuff and send it over. So, so yeah, that's one of the things I would do. <laughs> what do you think is some of the most, of course, I think you and I, after talking with both three, Zynga is very, I think, underrated in terms of maybe some media plans. What else out there would you say from a media standpoint? I guess I'm going straight, I'm going into like media land because I love it. What do you think is also undervalued out there from like digital changes? See, is, is like, is YouTube undervalued or overvalued? Like right now, I think Reels is the most undervalued thing in organic with uh, YouTube shorts and Reels and Instagram in terms of social. Like what do you, in terms of paid media out there, what do you think, what else do you think is undervalued right now in a media? Well, I mean, you know, I've never been a media buyer. I've only been on the other side, collaborating with media buyers. You know, what I will say in the, in the gaming space, Zynga is not the only player. Like we have a lot of amazing partners out there that are doing a great job. So the biggest players in gaming are Zynga, Activision Blizzard. They have King as their mobile studio, Electronic Arts, Gameloft. You know, these are some of the bigger, bigger, platforms out there that are working directly with brands. I mean, you know, in terms of a consumer myself and like, I love Instagram, but I think the reels and Instagram and all that, it's getting too much. Like, honestly, I want my Instagram back. I want to stop suggested posts. It's really ruining my Instagram. And so I'm one of those people that is like old school on that. And I also feel like Instagram and Facebook are basically their TikTok for like the 30 plus set or something. Do you know what I mean? Like my entire Instagram is like TikTok videos now. So you're clearly going YouTube and Instagram both are going right at TikTok. And TikTok's taking a lot of share. And you can see that certainly in the algorithms. I think more importantly, what I'm seeing is there is a triopoly right now of meta... Amazon and Google. And that's not the only place your consumer is. And that's not the only place to reach your consumer. And, you know, there are things like, I think search advertising is great and making sure that you're like on the top of your Google search and things like that are really, really effective. But outside of that, I just see as myself, I am not targeted a lot within the meta properties. And then within Amazon, you know, Amazon, of course, is going to be a must buy for the CPG or for anything at retail, you know? And, but the truth is, and maybe it's because I am a media person, you know, though sell side, I like literally never look at the sponsored posts on Amazon. I just scroll straight back past because I know that they're paying for it and I want something that's like organic and real. It's like Google search point of purchase advertising. It's super important. You've got to cover your base, but I don't think it's driving awareness and I I really don't think it's driving like those fin sitters to like get on board with the brand, right? That's what you're talking about in the end game of, of really creating advocates and fans in a place that they love. So you're not getting that with Amazon. You're not really getting that with Google. I think I'm always a fan of getting higher up the funnel, which is I think what you're talking about, but also capturing purchases as well. Like if you're able to do both, like what a great platform and 
I, I think we both think I do. It's undervalued right now. Like that's huge. Yeah. Well, mobile is sort of mid funnel almost because like it's branding, but you can convert, like you can't click on a TV ad and purchase something immediately. And, you know, I was at Yahoo for five years back in like the mid to late to tens, I guess, uh, odds, I don't know, whatever we call them. And and we used to have this like slide where, you know, at that point it was under 5% of budgets were spent on digital and like everything was on TV. And we were like, your audience is like huge, exponentially huge. And your media budget is tiny for that. And I think it's the same thing is happening in mobile right now where the audiences are there, but the budget allocation is not. Now there is a ton of performance marketing too, by the way, on mobile. And that is another thing that confuses brands because if you open mobile games and you see the ads, a lot of the ads are for other games and they don't look like this beautifully produced mini movie that a TV commercial is, a gaming ad, a game user acquisition ad is like a little mini version of the game that they're trying to sell to you. And I think that the thing that I try to explain to brands is don't be confused by that and think that this is not a premium environment for you because gamers, that's the endemic play for games or to advertising within games. And like gamers love games. And if you have kids playing games, I know you know How many times does your kid come up to you and say, mom, will you download this game for me? Because they saw the ad in the game. So they're highly effective at converting players. And I mean, for me, I play Words with Friends, which is a Zynga game. And for like probably six months, I saw an ad for (laughs) Redecor, which is an interior design game. And it took me like six months. But finally, I downloaded that game. It actually has no ads in it. I spend money in it. And I love that game. And, you know, those are very like performance marketing executions. But at the same time, it's this mass market entertainment platform. Gaming is. And it's a great place for brands to be. Yeah, I, I heard two things from you insights that I loved. Number one, of course, is the stereotype of the gamer. I think that's a big miss. But the other piece to your point, and I agree with you, and maybe that's maybe my hurdle too, is I'm looking at you know lots of media buys and I'm not day-to-day media anymore like I used to be, but performance marketing versus brand marketing. To your point that mobile being mid-funnel, it can be performance marketing, but it, it can also be brand and there are loyal audience. And the ad units, to your point now, that are interactive really make it more premium than what maybe we have this bias in our head of banner ad land of Yahoo of 10 years ago. Uh, so I, I think that's fascinating. I, I love those points. So who, so who's doing it? Like, give us an example of who's doing it well. So we didn't really talk about integrations in gaming and, you know, what's branding and what's performance and all those things. But I think it's getting really muddled. What is a performance ad and what is a branding ad? And these things are like combining now, basically. And so... Which they should, by the way. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because my kids watch YouTube on the television. I'm not talking about YouTube TV where I watch my Real Housewives, but YouTube on television. I was looking... My kids, too. They love Preston. Yes, mine, too. They freaking love Preston. This is so annoying, but they love... I'm I'm like with you. I'm like, oh, yeah. He's definitely a millionaire from it. But, like, the thing is, is that the ads that run there are, like, very low-fi, low-quality produced ads. Anyway, I'm kind of digressing. I think what's really interesting is that we did a study. One of our insurance clients did a very deep integration in one of our games, in one of our hyper-casual games. And so we did a site visitation study with Kantar 
And we looked at conversion for um, insurance quotes. So the main thing for insurance companies is they want a completed quote. They want you to go through like the 80 questions they ask to tell you, okay, your insurance is going to be 670 bucks a month. So what we found was that we had like around a 20% lift in conversion on end of insurance quotes, like going all the way through that funnel and finishing the insurance quote through an integration. And they did like a 30-day look back. So like exposed, coming back to this insurance company. And so what I think is really fascinating is that a lot of like CPM centric clients, like CPG tends to be very like centered on low CPMs and they're buying a ton of banners because they have low CPMs. They're also buying video, but you know, if they do an integration, the eCPM tends to be really low because you're getting so much engagement and so many touch points in a really well thought out integration that the eCPM is pretty low and we're even seeing conversion there. So I think the moral of my story is that, you know, let's take out our like what we're supposing things are and what maybe we learned in our first media job and see that things are just really different now, how consumers are consuming is different. The lines have blurred between performance and branding and what sits in which like bucket might not be so neat anymore. So we kind of have to think outside the, outside the bucket. Yeah. Outside our, outside our little funnel or McKinsey loop. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I still am a big believer in whether it's gamification of tech or whether it's great creative, like there's still an X factor in terms of how you engage an audience. And just thinking about it from a low CPM standpoint, or you're at a specific place in the funnel and formulaic kind of advertising, I'm not a believer of. And so I love having you on because I wanted to hear about the new world of, of in-game apps and gamification and what's working well in those environments. And I think as we hear about great campaigns, it doesn't need to be a Super Bowl ad that makes you cry, right? It can be a ad that is that is really interactive and is really understanding its audience. And I thank you for sharing that with us. I think that was great. All right, that, that wraps up an incredible episode of the Rebrand. Well, I, I'm biased, but an incredible episode of the Rebrand Podcast. Thank you so much to Gabrielle Heyman, Global Head of Partnerships for Zynga, for joining us. We learned a ton about how to be, I think, successful in in-game app advertising. Thanks for the case studies. Thanks for the insight. Um, if you'd like to hear more or contact Gabrielle, you can find her profile on LinkedIn in our show notes or visit the company website at Zynga.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to the rebrandpod.com where we will have summaries of all the episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our newsletter or if you want to talk about your most impactful marketing campaign, you can apply to be a guest speaker on the Rebrand Podcast. Of course, you can always find us on social media. Our handle is at rebrandpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly on my Twitter at SharkyAZ or Instagram at Scott Harkey. If you hadn't subscribed yet and want daily stream of marketing and campaign brilliance in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll take you back in your feed at the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, remember it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.